Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Almighty God, as we come into these moments where we open your word, be the center of our attention. Awaken our hearts to your truth today and to your power. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles or your, your mobile device Bible app, I invite you to go with me to the book of Acts, the fifth chapter. Are you under pressure? I'm not talking about just a little bit of pressure. I'm talking about a lot. I'm not talking about a little decision, kind of like I had this past week when I went to a 4th of July cookout. Maybe you've experienced something like this. You're at the cookout, and there's a, a buffet line there. You got the hot dogs, the burgers, the potato salad. You got about a bunch of people there waiting in line to get food. Everybody's got a plate, and they're going. And here I am in line, and I'm working my way down, and I'm getting this, and I get to the dessert section. Woo! Here we go. I'm like locked up now. I can't. Uh, the pressure's building. Do I, get the, do I get the banana pudding or the cherry pie? And so people are behind me, and man, it's getting, it's getting rambunctious, and the guy behind me, his, his hot breath is breathing down on my neck, like, come on, man, make a decision, and I'm under pressure. Maybe you've been there. That's not the kind of pressure I'm talking about today. Are you under pressure? Maybe you're under some emotional pressure in a relationship right now, or maybe you're under some kind of spiritual pressure in your workplace. You're under pressure to speak up for the Word of God and to stand up for Jesus Christ. Maybe you're feeling some financial heat or pressure in your life right now. Maybe you, you feel like you're under pressure to compromise a value to, to build yourself up in your workplace. Maybe you're, you've been elevated to a new position and you're under pressure because you feel like in, you've got limited resources and I don't know if I'm capable and if I can handle this and I, I feel the pressure coming in on me. See, we have pressure from all kinds of areas in our life. I'm under pressure to do more, to provide more for my family. It's to be a, a better uh, parent over here, and I'm under pressure all the time in my life. And, and just like a tire that has PSI, pounds per square inch, and it can build up in our lives. Pressure can begin to build in our lives, and it, it grows more and more out of control, and things are building up, and, and, and I just don't know if I can handle it anymore. This PSI, it's like growing, and I, I need your help, and I need your strength, Lord, because I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to handle all that's going on in my life. And so, God, today, your Heavenly Father wants you to know that He created you. That, that he loves you, that he has, he understands that you have limited resources. He has unmatched resources, and for thousands of years, he's been transforming people just like you and me and giving them a new hope. And he says today to you, man, the stakes are high in your life. You can go on without me if you want to try to go it in your own strength, but oh, my friend, he says, come with me. And I'm going to fill you with my power, and I'm going to give you a life of confidence and hope and joy, even in the midst of your chaos and in your suffering. I'm going to bring you a power and a hope to go forward. Today, here in the next few moments, we're going to look at the, this passage of Scripture in Acts chapter 5, and we're going to observe the apostles under some incredible pressure. We're going to see how God's power was unleashed in their lives, and we're going to learn three principles about God's power and how it can help us in our lives. And the first thing that we're going to see today is that pressure reveals 
power. Pressure reveals God's power, the power of the Holy Spirit. Over the last few weeks, we've been in this series called Powerful, and that's why we've got the solar panel out here. We're talking about power, and we've been going through the book of Acts chapter by chapter, and today we land on chapter 5, this story of the apostles. And so just a little backstory. In the beginning, after Jesus left them, these apostles, these disciples were huddled, this scared band up in the upper room, and then the Holy Spirit came upon them on Pentecost, like, like tongues of fire, and it came upon them, and they left with boldness and began to do great signs and wonders, and the Holy Spirit was using them to spread the gospel. They were in Jerusalem, and they were teaching in the temple, and this, this group of religious leaders, the Sadducees, they got jealous, the Bible says, that they couldn't stand that they were growing in such popularity. And so the, the Sadducees went, to, and they called to get the disciples arrested. Let's look at the text in verse 18. They arrested the apostles, put them in a public jail, but during the night an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple court, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. If you remember the book of Acts, was, it was written by Luke. Luke wrote the book of Acts, and Luke was a physician, and he went around and interviewed eyewitnesses and got all the, the reports. And I find it really interesting that in this, this part of the text that he was so matter-of-fact about this, this great event. Look in verse 19, he says, but during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors and, and brought him out of jail. It's like, what? Like, if you interview me and I'm there, I'm like, you are not going to believe what happened to us. We were in this, this, this dusty, dank jail, and out of nowhere, we didn't know what was happening. This brilliant light shows up, this big angel, and, he, and I don't know if he, like, pulled the bars aside or if he said, in the name of the Lord, he grabbed the lock and pulled it off, but he freed us out of there. It was amazing. But Luke was so matter-of-fact about it. How could he do that? How, why, could Luke, why was he just like that with his tone? And here's the truth today. is when we're depending on God, we're not surprised by the miracles of God. You see, Luke and them, they live in this ex expectation that the power of God was at work in their lives. Wow. The apostles, they were under present tense pressure. Are you there right now today? You're in the midst of something. Listen to, to verse 25 as we go on with the story. It says, then someone came and said, look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple court teaching the people. So the apostles, they were in jail. The angel releases them. And let's, let's take a look at a couple of things here. First of all, the Roman soldiers who were guarding them. Talk about some pressure over here. These guys were in charge like nobody is going to get away. And so their life and their livelihood depended upon them keeping people in. But now they showed up over here like, where are the disciples? Oh, no, they got away. And so can you imagine? Here's this, these guys. They, they didn't release this, this fledgling band of followers of some rabbi just like to stake their own lives on it. An angel did an incredible miracle. And now here the apostles are. They've been released. And think about it. If it was you or me, like we just gotten released from jail, I'm taking like the next morning when the sun comes up, I'm not still there in Jerusalem. I'm like in another state, you know. I'm like North Dakota or somewhere. Like I'm out of here. Sorry, uh, jail doesn't fit me. Like I like a bed and, and some better food. And so like they were like, no, we're going back. The angel told us to go. And so they go back to the temple, and they began to preach boldly. How could they do that? 
Why would they do this? Why, how could they go back and boldly be talking about Jesus? And they would say this, hey, you have no idea what we've seen and heard. If you knew Jesus like we have, if your life has been transformed like our has, hey, we can't not talk about him. I'm sorry for you English teachers out there, but you can't not talk about Christ when he's done something in your life that's so amazing. Wow. Listen to what Craig Rochelle says. He says, we speak boldly about what we believe deeply. The apostles, man, they weren't just an intellectual like understanding of Christ. He had transformed their life, and they were speaking boldly because when your back's against the wall, you're going to find a resource of strength that had been untapped up until now. You've got a supernatural strength in you. You lift your eyes beyond the hills from whence comes your help, but you look beyond the hills up into another dimension, the dimension of the Holy Spirit and his power. Pressure. Did anybody get a guitar for Christmas when you were growing up? You know, like a lot of kids get like that starter guitar and you, you like try to learn how to play it. I remember I got one and man, I was going to town for about a day and then my fingers were like, ah, this hurts. Like if you've ever done it, you're pressing on the strings and the, the calluses start to build up and a lot of people stop at this point, they give up. But those people that, the guitarists that push through, man, it's the pressure over and over and over that begins to, to make your fingers develop. And so that there's a spiritual concept that today you might be under some pressure that is not related to a disobedience or a sin in your life. But it might be a testing of the Lord, a trial that he's put you through, that he's maturing your, your, your faith and he's growing your, your patience and he's building you into that spiritual musician that he can use your life to bring glory to himself. Maybe you're under a trial right now, but pressure pushes us to depend on God alone. The apostles, they're back in the temple, they're preaching, the guards come and get them, they take them back to the Sanhedrin again, and we're going to pick up the story now back in Acts 5 at verse 27. It says, the apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. The Sanhedrin, it was a council of religious leaders there in Jerusalem that was set up by the Roman government. They said, hey, you go manage the affairs over here, and we trust you. And they've empowered this Sanhedrin council. They can have people in jail, flog them, they can put them to death even. It's a powerful group of men over here. It was set up like, a, like in this circular setting, and they would put the, the people in the middle and question them. And they called in the disciples, and they said, hey, man, we, we, you were in jail. You got out. You were preaching again. Look what they said in verse 28. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, the name of Jesus, yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Wow, their consciences are like, whoa, they, they're, they're struck because the Holy Spirit is convicting them that they sent Jesus to the cross. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. Wow, what a great verse. Peter and the other apostles replied, let's say this section of this verse together right now. We must obey God rather than human beings. 
We teach as Lutherans that we obey the laws of the land. Obviously, we're going to obey what the laws of the land are, but we say that this, up to the point where someone would cause us to go contrary to the word of God. And so that's what the apostles are saying. Hey, you know, we will abide by the laws of the land, but when it comes time, when you're telling us to stop preaching in the name of Jesus, I'm sorry, we've got to go forward. And he, so they, they go on and they said, the, the God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. And we are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Pressure pushes us to depend on God. We will obey God and not man. We will obey this one who persevered through the pressure, who went to the cross and was hung between two criminals, who laid down his life, and he was buried in a borrowed tomb. But, oh, my friend, on the third day he rose in power, and that same power that rose him from the dead, the Bible says, is alive in us that know him as Lord and Savior. Power. The Apostle Paul new pressure. If you track his ministry and his, his career, man, he was out trying to spread the gospel. And there's reports where, where Paul was in a city one time. They ran him out, and they're trying to stone him to death. And he runs, and later he's on a ship, and that ship wrecks. And then he's on an island, and he gets bit by a snake that should have killed him, but he throws it into a fire, and God spares his life. He's under some incredible pressure. And listen to what the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Corinth and Chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians, he says, we are hard-pressed on, on every side. We, the people who are trying to, to spread the gospel, are hard-pressed on every side. Can you relate to that today? Man, it'd be one thing. It'd be great if it was only one, one side, you know, like my work or my family, but I got my marriage over here. It's, it's under pressure. My kids are going nuts over here. I got uh, people over here that are against me. I got pressure on the, within. I got pressure without. I got pressure from my friends. I got pressure from my haters. It's all over me. I'm pressed from every side. But he says what? I am not crushed. I'm perplexed, but not in despair. Are you perplexed? God, I don't, I don't understand this. I don't see a way forward with this, but I'm not in despair. I trust you, Lord. I'm persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. What a powerful verse of scripture. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, knew pressure on, on the moments before he went to the cross to lay down his life for us. He met with his disciples in the other upper room and gave them the Lord's Supper that we're gonna enjoy here in just a few moments. They left the supper, went outside Jerusalem to the Mount of Olives. And out there is the Garden of Gethsemane. This is a modern-day picture of these ancient olive trees. It's amazing that Jesus was himself there, and he went to pray. He went to pray an agonizing prayer. And if you remember, it was like he sweated like great drops of blood as he looked to the cross. And, he, he, and there was a war raging inside of him, his humanity on one side and his divinity on the other. And in, in his humanity, he said, Lord, if there's any way that this cup can pass from me, that I don't have to drink the cup of this cross, Lord, let it go. In my humanity, I don't want to be stripped down and spit on and beaten and stabbed with a spear. I don't want to go through all that. But nevertheless, in his spirit, he said, not my will, but your will be done, Father. 
the Garden of Gethsemane. Do you know that it's translated the olive press? It was at the Garden of Gethsemane where they would press olives into to olive oil. And here's, here's Jesus Christ being pressed on our behalf. He's under great pressure. And just like the olives release their oil in the Garden of Gethsemane, Christ, he surrenders his will to the Father and outflows the oil of our salvation. The cleansing salvation was determined in that moment as he said, God, I will obey you, and I'm going to lay down my life for the world. What we're going to find out today is that there is no pressure that can stop God's power. The apostles were determined, and then they said they counted it joy to, to suffer for the Lord. And their, their courage was so contagious that other martyrs, it would say in the, the first centuries of the church, they would be, Christians would be led out in front of a sword and animals to be, to be killed for their faith in Jesus Christ. And many of them, it said that they would stand there just like Jesus did on the cross and say, Father, forgive them. Wow. Could you or I, could we do that? That's an incredible stance, an incredible courage under pressure. And so they bring the apostles in front of the Sanhedrin, this council of, of these religious leaders. And there's one man in this room, his name is Gamaliel, and he was one of the four wisest rabbis at the time. And the apostle Paul actually studied under him. He was so wise. And when he would speak up, people would listen because he had such great insight. And so he stands up and he says, hey, before y'all do anything to these guys, remember these other like fads that came along. We had Theodos, and he had 400 guys that followed him. And like they, he, he was killed, everybody went away, and we had Judas of the Galilean, and like they killed him, and everybody went away. And so his logic was like, Jesus, you know, if, if we just like chill out here a little bit, this, this, this might go away. Listen to what he says in verse 38 to the, to the Sanhedrin, Gamaliel. He says, therefore, in, the, in this present case, I advise you, leave these men alone and let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail, but if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourself fighting against God. Nothing is gonna stop God's power. See, we don't know if Gamaliel became a believer in Jesus Christ or not, but in this moment, the power of God used and spoke through Gamaliel to stop them from putting these disciples to death. They, he spared their life. He allowed them another opportunity to get out and advance the gospel. The power of God was at work. See, here in America, we're pretty comfortable. We don't face too much you know, like opposition or persecution. But I wanted to show you something, some research that I ran across this week. It's uh, from the World Watch List here in, in 2019. Uh, they look at the top 50 countries around the world that where Christians are being persecuted. Like North Korea's up at the top, you got India over there, Pakistan where there's a lot of Muslim stuff going on. Look at this, 4,136 Christians were killed for their faith 
That's an average 11 Christians killed every day. Like, that, that, like, we don't experience that here, but people around the world. And so God is calling us now as his church here in America to, to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are standing up for the word of God. And here's what we found a lot of times when you, they would go into a country that had been oppressed and when it was finally liberated that Christianity had just swept across there, the power of God. No, nothing will stop it. But could it be that maybe we could slow it down a little bit? Could I stifle it? What if in my unbelief or my disobedience, could I? I don't want to be that, that one that, that hinders the power of God flowing. Pastors, we like to play around with words a lot. Like the title of the sermon series is called Powerful, you know, F-U-L-L. That's why we got the solar panel out here. I was playing around with the word pressure and thinking about it. And if you think about the word pressure and you kind of mess with it, you can come up with pre-sure. You put a, a hyphen in there, dropping at one of the S's. And is it possible that in the midst of our pressure that we live in, that we could be pre-sure? And you say, what does that mean? Can I head into a situation with the confidence that God has this? Can I go into this knowing that I'm not alone? Could Peter stand before the Sanhedrin and preach because he was pretty sure he had already made up his mind that I am going to lay down my life if that's what it takes for Jesus Christ because it, to live or to die is gain because he was boldly standing up for Jesus. He was pre-sure. Maybe you're worried about the, the next life. What, what's going to happen after I die? Is there a heaven? Is there a God? We can be pre-sure. The Bible says that, that we can know that we have eternal life, those who believe in Jesus Christ, that we can be pre-sure on this side, that he's got us. He's our Savior. We can be pre-sure as we head into a situation that we can live in confidence with him. The, the Apostle Paul, as we close this up here in just a moment, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, listen to what he says. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart. He could have easily gotten discouraged. Though outwardly we are wasting away, our bodies are wearing out, and yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And so we fix our eyes, our, we fix our gaze, not on what is seen, but what is on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. So we fix our gaze. Where is your gaze this morning? Are you staring at this pile of pressure in front of you and you're, you're calculating up your own strength and how you're going to survive and get through it? Or where is your gaze? Here's the truth today, that his, his gaze has, has never left you for one moment, and you're saying, but you don't know what I'm going through. You know how pressure in the ground, it, it can make a, a, a diamond. But in my life, you, you have no idea. Like, I don't have a diamond. I got like a whole diamond mine going on over here. I got like a field of diamonds in my life. I'm under so much pressure. But God says to you today, I have a, a resource for you. I have my power that I want to come alongside of you, and I want to bring you victory and hope. God says today, I'm your comforter. I'm your very present help in times of trouble. I want you to reflect on two things on your order of worship today. They're at the bottom. 
what I call PowerPoints today. And maybe you want to take some time today or this week to, to, to pray through these. Lord, I need your power in this situation. Maybe you're under something and you just, are, are, it's on your mind and you're like, Lord, I, I come to you. And then living pre-sure means that I can face blank with confidence. Living pre-sure means that I can face this and know that the Lord has my back. Pressure makes the diamond, but it's the cut that reveals the beauty. It's the, the cut that allows the light to, to enter the diamond, to be refracted into a brilliant radiance. Oh, my friend, today, your heavenly father, the, the master jeweler is at work cutting the facets of your life into the likeness of his son, Jesus Christ. He's, he's cutting away those things that, that are no longer need to be there. He's making you more loving. He's cutting you, shaping you into a compassionate person, a patient person. Oh, my friend, today, God, he says, church, I want you to go out and I want you to shine in your life the glory of Jesus Christ. And I want your life to be a living story of my power under pressure. To God be the glory. Amen.